You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 307th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in awesome Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in totally radical Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Luke Warm in Boston, Massachusetts, coming to you live from cycling. So I'm I'm trying something new this week. Yeah, well, let me know how it goes. What are you trying? I'm tr- I'm I think we need a little more spice, you guys. I think I think the the show has been lacking lately. We've been getting a lot of emails from people being like, "You guys need to really? you guys need to bring the heat." And uh <laughs> you know, I think lukewarm might be the way to bring the heat. Um I don't know if you guys got so gonna- um anything you can bring as well because I don't want to have to carry the team again for another week here. Um little guy, oh, what do you got? I already got well, I don't have anything. I already got heat stroke yesterday. So heat stroke. That's a good name. Maybe. What about Heath? Can you do Heath stroke? Heath stroke. Is he also a yeah. cat? Yeah, sure. I like this. I like where this is going guys. Um, well, racing's back. Yeah. Bring in uh, the heat. Apparently. Just like the yeah. Starlight podcast. Um, we have a bunch of great is- listener emails. We have some uh, fantastic updates from the world of professional cycling. But first and foremost, give a quick shout out to all of the supporters of the Slow Ride podcast that have been tweeting us and Instagramming us their Slow Ride podcast t-shirts. Yeah, it's very, it's very cool. Out there. Um, it makes me feel, it makes me feel super know. cool. So thank you. It's pretty awesome to see everybody out there. So just uh, keep tagging us at the Slow Ride pod. So we've got Anza, the anima. Forfic uh, pedal. We have a um, Pete, Pete Hollahan uh, piece with the derailleur, and then Spencer's very um, own curated uh, selection of a slow ride shirt, which has also been popping up on our feed. I absolutely love to see it. And if you want your own, just head over to wideanglepodium.com slash shop, where I believe there's still a few more available. We got uh, just a handful of mine and little guys. A lot of yours left, Tim. A lot of yours. Gotta say. <laughs> yeah, well, it has been absolutely awesome. All the people that have bought three. So thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. It makes us feel so good. And then it also makes me go, why didn't we do merch for the first 300 episodes of the Slowride Pod? Because there's so many rad <laughs> individuals out there. So again, thank you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's get to the biggest story of the week. Obviously, it's Strada Bianchi time. So that means it is time to talk about that Brand new Movistar limited edition kit. Did you guys see this thing? Oh, I believe one of you tweeted it. It wasn't me about it was good that they oh. released the pictures before the race because it, it, it was I me that really that I retweeted it because I knew for a fact we were not going to see that jersey on any of the race coverage in both the men's or the oh. women's race. 
when it was live, but that kit looked fantastic with the rainbow, um, mm-hmm. kind of like that World Cup mm-hmm. rainbow uh, kit. So yeah, I will really throw cool. it out there right now. That should be their permanent kit. Hands yeah, down, 100%. 100%. They would sell so uh, many of those things. So it was limited time, and so Valverde didn't wear it. And he's never going to wear it at this point. Is that the way it is? I believe so. It's just so sad. I, think it was I want a, to see him in it. I think it was limited for this week because there is I, – I saw when I was watching the F1 race at Silverstone this week, which, by the way, best F1 race I've seen in a long time. There is a lot of the uh, the same rainbow – kit so i don't know exactly mm-hmm. what the um i think it, it's they said it was a charity raising for charity i don't know exactly what charity all of these uh rainbow kits and rainbow striped rainbows were going for but it was fantastic for rainbows we need more rainbows um yeah they should definitely wear it more uh, i wish that we could have gotten i don't know was like 40k was when the strata coverage picked up uh here in the u.s at least so it was well, we both saw the women's a fair amount races of races were decimated. The women's race was fantastic to watch because Annemiek van Vluten slayed it once again as if anyone had any doubts. And then on the men's race, we had, of course, Wout van Aert. We didn't see the whole how it all broke down, except like you were saying, little guy, the last 50K uh, or so. But on the women's race, real quick, we did have Annemiek van Vluten, Mavi Garcia, and then American Leah Thomas in third place. Which is always now, great to see an American you, do so well. Did you guys see when Leah Thomas had a mechanical, maybe just, I think, dropped her chain or something, when she was trying to chase that Van Vluten move, when she's bridging across, and she had to get off, fix the chain, and then she went to get back on, and the guy who just ran up from the side of the road to give her the push, pushed her at the same time as her wheel turned, and she ate it again. Ugh. Oh, was no. Was that the worst moment of the day? Did you guys see this? No, it's ter- it's it's heartbreaking because you just see the random fan come over. He's trying to do the good thing. She's on a climb. She fixes it. She gets on. He goes. He gives her the push before she's like got on the bike and got like in and like got the wheel straight. And you know the the gravel was loose. Everyone was slipping around all day. Front wheel turns and then she just eats it again. So there's a good chance if she hadn't had the mechanical, then hadn't had the dude knock her over and then have to put it all back together again, uh, she would have been closer. Yeah, so then on the men's side of the race, as mentioned earlier, we did have Wout Van Aert, who took the title with the all-metal salute across the finish line, which was fantastic to see. Yes, great race, though. Overtaking David Davide Formolo and Maximin Schnackman. Crushed Um, Fantastic, but... Can we give a quick shout out to Brent Brookwalter, seventh place, top American? It's nice to have a top American that's in the top ten because often we're if we when we did we haven't done it for a while we used to do top American and we we'd call him out and we'd be like top American forty seventh place. Now this is a good one. Matthew Vanderpool finishes ten minutes down in fifteenth place. He clearly does not listen to the Slow Ride podcast because sixteenth place went to. Diego Ulissi, yeah. only a few seconds behind Matthew Vanderpool. But again, overall, Strada Bianchi doing all it can to claim the seventh monument in cycling. I don't think there's any doubt after such an epic race that it should be considered a monument. Also, I'm 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 uh 
yes, the heat was such a huge factor. I didn't think it'd be quite such a big factor, but it was it was really, really, really hot. Well, that's the new uh, the new spring classic season in August. What do you expect? Friend of the podcast, Mitch Docker, had a horrible day on the saddle, according to his Instagram, just <laughs> completely covered in the dust. Uh, yeah. Didn't look like he was brutal. having any fun out there either. No, it's interesting that Wow won because if this race had happened where it was going to happen in the calendar, it probably would have been the opposite of our predictions of our cyclocross love affairs, and it would have been Vanderpool because mm-hmm. Wout was still coming back from injury, not as far along. Like the the world of COVID and all this actually helped him. Uh, now he's got a baby on the way, and he won the seventh monument. It's kind of working out for him. The other big thing to consider is, uh, you know, it was perfect cyclocross weather uh, out there for Wout to perform at his best. You know, hundred <laughs> percent cyclocross weather. It was like Our, a good old fashioned Vegas World Cup. Uh-huh. Ugh, it looked really brutal. I mean, I'm not surprised that about. I mean, at least half of the pre race favorites just got heat stroke and were just completely out of it, and that. Vanderpool was like you said, Tim. Ten minutes down, fifteenth place. Ten minutes down. This is like a local race that blows up on the first lap, yeah, and just bodies it, scattered around. Now, uh, I think uh, Bill over at CX Hairs on Twitter had probably the best tweet of the weekend when he said, "People are complaining about the television feed, so it must be bike racing season." And mm-hmm. you know, I have to admit. They showed the women's race. I was absolutely stoked by that. And you're like, wow, thank you for showing a fair amount of the women's race. We got to see uh, Van Vluten take the, you know, take the cake. She had great announcers uh, on there as well. Juan Antonio Fletcher and others. But then it went to some weird, like hour long show on both like Colombian bike racing. And then there was a (laughs) Cadell Evans special. It was all these weird um, shows when you're like, okay, can we see the men's race now? Like show us, do what you can to show us more than the final 50 K. Like it was a little frustrating that they didn't have the cameras up and running yet for the final part. I do love the showing both the men's and the women's show more of the women's race, please. But when the women's race is over and you're done with the race interviews, I don't need to see B roll film of Cadell Evans winning a mountain bike world championship. Tim, no footage of Cadell Evans winning a mountain bike race. is B-roll. That's still quality A-roll stuff. <laughs> I got to defend our Australian listeners. Uh, two, do you think it's COVID-related? Like, possibly they have less, they just have less photographers. Oh. They have less motos in the race. I'm assuming that's what it was. They just could only pick it up at a certain point or something. That That is a very, very good point. Um, I, I, a couple of other things that I want to get off my chest about uh, <laughs> the, the Strada Bianchi. Um, I've decided I am not as big of a fan of Peter Sagan as I once was. Yeah, I think I, I'm over the Peter Sagan train. I'm I'm off the wagon. Okay, I'm ready for Tell Peter to become my. I don't want to say enemy in cycling. I wish him well. Mm-hmm. I just I'm over it. And I think the straw that broke the camel back was when I was reminded how much of a child he was when he was wearing the joker face mask that said why so serious over his face and i know that that's like what i'm gonna say here i'm gonna sound like a a complete old man but i do think that 
when you're running a, a race, a world tour race in the middle of a worldwide pandemic in the region that was completely decimated both economically and socially to this pandemic, you know, just wear a regular face mask. You don't need to go all out with the, the why so serious um, Heath Ledger Joker face mask. It kind of just reminded me of the Peter Sagan that, um, what was like he pinched the the podium girl all those years ago mm-hmm. like like it was just like it was a it was a glimpse into like the the peter sagan that i wanted to think had moved on from the immaturity if that makes pre-world sense. championship peter sagan yeah, yeah. like it, yeah i get the feeling that sagan's over being sagan he sort of seems like <laughs> i mean i knew he had a good ride at the world championships last year i mean it, he he jumped out for fourth right but I, do you guys think, I just don't think he's going to do anything this year. I think he's bored. I don't think he cares. I get the feeling that he's just like, whatever. He doesn't care anymore. He's just like riding out the contract. And he's going to retire at like 29 or something. It's a tricky and one, Sam, 30. because I, I get what you're saying. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the mask is Peter Sagan branded as well. Okay. Um, and I don't know if... So I can buy it on his store? <laughs> Probably. I haven't checked, but it does have the, the PS logo up in the corner. And, okay. Um, the Why So Serious, uh, he does have that tattooed on him. Okay. So okay. it could be like, I don't think he was thinking about it very much. Um, kind like of that's, like that's the mask that, he had there? Like his merch guy was care. like, oh, I got a mask. Okay. And uh, probably wasn't uh, the smartest move tactically um, uh, 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 for, you know, for having tact. But I, d- I don't know if I'm willing to say he did that on purpose to be like, screw okay. these regulations, you know, but I can see how that could be construed. Okay. I, I appreciate that. I completely forgot that he had that tattooed and he has apparently this infatuation with the Joker in that situation from Heath Ledger. I mean, great film. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just, I appreciate that. I still like to think that uh, he would it's, know better or one fine. of his hand or one of his handlers would know better than like, if I was one of the, the companies that has sunk a fortune into sponsoring him mm-hmm. to me, it just seemed like a little too soon to wear that. That's fair. In, in in that environment, especially in Northern Italy, where the race so, uh, takes on the day that Wout Van Aert wins Strada Bianca, um, <laughs> arguably the, the biggest race won by a cyclocross star. Um, you is it are, bigger? Is it bigger than Amstel? I think so. I think we. I I think you can't go from really? calling it the seventh monument to saying is it bigger <laughs> than Amstel because Amstel certainly isn't one of the first six. No, um, but I think being a Dutchman winning a Dutch, the one Dutch classic. Maybe. Almost, I, th- I think you, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also, I think it was the dramatic fashion that their race ended that is clouding your judgment on how good the race actually is. It's but, true. Cause it was the greatest race of all time. I'm trying to come back around to Tim getting off the anyone but Wout train and getting onto the anyone but Peter Sagan train, <laughs> which is very timely as I, Tim does. I would just like to point out that the anybody, anyone but Wout was just a, it was like a COINTELPRO operation. It uh-huh. was just to suss out who wasn't on the Wout Van Art train because it was so great to see. Um, oh man, first off, rim brakes. Shout out to rim brakes. Love it. 
like Bianchi, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss them in the professional Peloton. It looked great. Well, Van Aert, two straight third places at uh, Strada Bianchi, and then he gets the title. It was wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to yeah. uh, Betiel, who also looked fantastic out there for the Education yeah. First team. Um, that should moves. not go uh, lost. But um, I guess I wanted to do a quick check, guys, with you. Mm-hmm. on how you did on Roller Derby, another wide-angle podium network thing. Because when you go to rollerderby.com, spelled the way a cyclist would spell it, R-O-U-L-E-U-R, Derby, you could bet on all these props. And here's the worst part about Roller Derby now, is Luke, the, the sidewalk bookie that set it up, mm-hmm. now sends you automatic emails to let you know how you did. So right away, I got the email that said, congratulations, you lost... A ton of points because I thought I put them on Wout Van Art. Turns out I didn't. I actually put it on other. And uh, but anyway, roller derby's back. How did you guys do? Did you guys come off with a uh, for with winning? Uh, no. Yeah, I took a couple of victories thanks to Wout. Um, okay. The uh, the best uh, best place cycle cross champion out of Wout um, Vanderpool and Stebar. Who came close? Gave us a little scare there for a while, but uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then also on Wout uh, taking the overall, got some points there. So feeling pretty good compared to you guys. I am in a hundred and sixth place, so definitely far down. Oh, um, I that's too bad. I, I only won one race. I'm I only tip. won one bet. What? I'm sorry. What? What place were you again? Hundred and sixth. Hundred. Hundred and because I'm in tenth. I just yeah, want to make sure you heard that. I wasn't sure if maybe the call broke up there. I'm just, I'm going to repeat it one more time just to make sure you got, I'm in 10th place. Yeah, no, they like, like, like great work. Um, and Matt, how did you do? I, I lost everything I bet on. <laughs> I didn't get anything. If there was such a show, I would have put, I put, a, I would have put out to show. I just didn't think he'd have the win at him. You know, you guys know, I thought he was oh, going to go man. second. You guys, I just didn't, I think it. He was the only guy like all summer that I felt was actually training. Like I felt like a lot of people were going on rides and doing things, but I don't think anybody was actually training except for Wout Vayner. Mm. Well, I should have heeded my own advice because I always believe that injured riders will come back. Yeah. No, that's true. The the extra motivation, they like, yeah, you're right. They put in the work because they feel more than the rider who's just like, well, I can just train. I'm fine. They're like, I yeah. really got to knuckle down or I'm going to lose my contract sort of situation. And then yes. they end up being super fast. So yeah. we are one, you, one week play. out from Milan San Remo and Luke yes. has even put up one of my favorite propositions. Normally it's the first over the Poggio. Like you can bet on what team is going to be the first over the Poggio. Mm-hmm. Luke has also added, I think a soon to be classic. How many, hands will the winner have on their bars when they cross the finish line at Milan San Remo? One, two, or zero. And of course, Eric Zabel will do his best to to do zero, (laughs) one, and two all at the same time. Um, (laughs) Fantastic. So head over to Roller Derby to see that. That rolls us into a week of Italian racing. Now, Little Guy has been hard at work in the studio doing a preview of the Milano... What's the race coming on Wednesday, little guy? Milano-Torino. There's another race tomorrow on Monday, so when you're hearing this, that already happened. But uh, Milano-Torino will be Wednesday. 
And uh, yeah, I made a little preview video of it. Go go to YouTube, watch it. Okay, well, little guy, thanks for giving the address. It is youtube.com slash wideanglepodium <laughs> where you can subscribe. We have a goal of getting 1,000 subscribers, but here's the thing. Little guy did a one-act play preview of Milano Torino. It is fantastic. Remember last year's winner, Michael Woods, is in there. He makes an appearance. Yeah. It is great to see. You definitely want to check it out. That leads us into Milan San Remo, which normally is the first big classic of the year, the first monument of the year, one of our collective favorite races because of all of the different propositions that can be out there. Like, we'll finish in a sprint. Will someone do the Scarponi Bridge from the Cipressa to the Poggio? Gentlemen, going into Milan San Remo, what are you most excited about in your fandom? I'm I'm a little excited about the new route because they're having to change the route a little bit uh, mm-hmm. because some some towns were complaining different time of year. Like this is what I think is going to be super weird about this year. We had the heat at Milan San Remo. Uh, if you go watch my video, you'll learn how Milan Milano Torino is different. And then Milan San Remo has to have a slightly different route because of the time of year and holiday crowds and whatnot. So every race is going to have some weird thing that maybe initially we didn't think of is going to throw in and 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 give us maybe not necessarily a total surprise winner because Wout's not like a surprise winner of Strade, but he wouldn't have been the winner in March because he would have been in the gym like trying to get his leg to work. So I think that the top contenders going into this race right now, what we have Gaviria of UAE, we have Trenton of Triple C, we, of course, have Matthew Vanderpool. Viviani will be there for Kofidis. Yeah. Peter Sagan I would for throw Team Cro- Bora. Cabrelli in it. Cabrelli's yeah. been riding really well. And Cabrelli. your boy Concord, Tim. And he you won have... a bike race. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Caleb Ewan, who we can't forget about. He is a ridiculously fast sprinter that sometimes yeah. gets lost in the shuffle. And, of course, yeah, if anybody is going to make it over the Poggio and finish, it is either going to be Alejandro Valverde looking resplendent in the Movistar strip, or is going to be a friend of the podcast, Dylan Toons, who, uh, (laughs) you know, is just going to make it there. I said it. I am stoked for Milan San Remo. Spencer, how excited are you? I am extremely excited because Milan San Remo is, is one of my all time favorites. I can't say it's my all time favorite, but it's, it's in the top two always uh, for the year for most exciting races. Not, not, I need to clarify, not for the first 250 K, <laughs> but for the last bit, the most exciting race of the year, my favorite. Yes. The last um, 30 basically days. from the Chapressa across the Scarponi bridge to the Poggio and over and down is the best uh, uh, cycling racing that you can watch. And I love it because it happens so early in the season in March that you never, you, it's, it's very unexpected. It's a lot of wild cards. You don't know how everyone's going to do, especially at the distance that that race is. And, uh, you know, so they were, they pushed it all the way back and now we're in August. It's even longer. It's even hotter we still don't know who's riding well, aside from mm-hmm. Walt Van Art, um, and uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be as amazing, if not more amazing, than usual. And I'm super excited to see what happens. 
uh, especially when Matthew Vanderpool gets dropped over the Chipressa. <laughs> so what is it again? It's, <laughs> wow. Wow. Way to bury the lead there, Spencer. Uh, so what is, what is this thing? Like 300K again? 291K? 299 yeah. this year uh, because the oh, limit Jesus. is 300. So they wanted to make sure they were just at least 1K underneath. So it's the last 37K that matters because you hit the Tripressa at 263. So maybe watch the 5K before that and uh, mm-hmm. you will not miss anything. Um, I'm stoked. Make sure you head over to Roller Derby, put in your bets. Um, sadly, there is not a women's version of this, although RCS is way ahead of the Tour de France and ASO for promoting women's racing. I would love to see a women's um, event take place on the same streets and the same course because it'd be fantastic to see. Mm-hmm. So guys, um, with that, I do want to um, do a quick pivot and that, uh, since we're still on uh, championship uh, Saturday or Sunday, if you will, from the week, Lachlan Martin is not a, oh, I mean, he's a professional cyclist. Yes, he is the most popular. <laughs> he currently has the championship belt, but I have Breaking to. Breaking news, Lachlan Martin is a professional cyclist. Wow. I am going to throw this out you. there. He's going to be super pumped. I, I, little guy, I heard that you just, you threw down that bottle because you were so mad that I had discredited <laughs> Lachlan Martin. Lachlan Martin is legit. He has the championship belt that I, by yeah. the way, put up for him to take. Mm-hmm. But I am now going to um, put it on the table. Remember, we do go for uni- unanimous here. I do think that Wild Van Art has taken the championship belt on the men's side. Strictly because of that performance that he did at Strada Bianchi. How long he has been w- clearly wanting to win this. And point blank, Mm -hmm. it is more impressive what he did than an Everest twice in one week. So yeah, I'll give it to him. I'll 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 sign on to that for sure. Yeah, I uh, I don't think there's much argument with that, Tim. Um, Wout has been knocking on the door, I think, for a while. Um, It will be unfortunate to take it off him again next week after Milan San Remo, Um, (laughs) but he should enjoy it right now. He's you know. He's earned it. And to continue on with that conversation, did Anamique Van Vluten do enough to take it away from Alvarado on the women's side? Yes, about a hundred times over. She she really? she effectively wasn't in that race until like twenty K so, to go. Like you thought she yeah, was not gonna yeah. win, and then she she bridged out of nowhere. The the announcers didn't even know where she came from. I do just want to point out that Alvarado put up a photo of her on the beach (laughs) and it it was way cooler as if, you know what? I still got the title. I still have the belt. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though Annemiek Van Vluten threw down an amazing performance, like fantastic. I don't know. Spencer, how do you feel on this? Um, I'm torn. I really am because here, here, here's my expected. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's the thing. Point of order. The race leading into the race, you're 100 percent like, oh yeah, Anamique is gonna win this. It's it. She's won five races in a row. She's dominating. There's no way she's not gonna win. And then, you know, the race gets kind of dramatic as races do. You think maybe she's out of it, but at the end of the at the end of the day, the expected happened. Um, but not in an expected way. Fashion. Right, but yeah, is I that enough he, to take a championship belt? That's the I, that's 
the I, crux. Okay. I think <laughs> buried in what you said, it's there. She's run five races. She's done okay, that's five a, races this. this year, and she's won five races. You go to her pro yeah. cycling page, and you're like, oh, there's a glitch in the system, because this couldn't be possible. I, I, I am now with little, like, I was just pulling up the pro cycling stats, because Spencer, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, Alvarado, I don't want to just, like, be dishing these things out like it's candy, mm-hmm. but she has won five races in five starts this year, um, I look, Carmen De Alvarado, you won the world championship of cyclocross. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Anamique Van Vluten won the first of her five races in February. She has maintained form five months on to then win four races in the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I think you have to give it to Anamique Van Vluten. Does she have the most wins? Of she has seventy one wins in her career. I don't know how to search for the most wins in career, but like, like of current riders. But that's insane. Seventy one wins. Yeah. Anyway. So Spencer, little guy, and I are on board of giving the championship belt to Anamique Van Vluten. I mean, it makes sense. I'll I'll give it to you. It makes sense. Um, I know how much that pained you to say. Little guy, stop now because he's going to walk this back if we if we push this any further. I mean, Spencer, you know, thanks for jumping on board. The like you said, the one in February might have happened right around the same time as Alvarado, so you know, not maybe no. we knock that one off, but four is still yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. good. Um, I I, I want to give uh, Van Vluten the belt, but I just want you guys to know that I looked at uh, Voss's Pro Cycling Sets page, and she has won two hundred and twenty eight races in her career. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap okay. your heads around that 228 i think every time yeah. we consider any woman for the belt they have to be immediately compared to voss like no questions asked like it's it's a it's a constant comparison like we should almost call it the the voss belt yes like, two, 128 <laughs> races i don't think i've done 228 races it's let alone winning. that is i mean i knew she had, was probably i just that's like that's mind-boggling. Well, guys, it is that time with Milan and Ramo around the corner. We have to go friend of the podcast and very own Milan San Remo starter for Team Sunweb, Michael Matthews, to check in how the preparation is going before the Classic in August. Let's go to Michael. So everybody, and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. All right, guys, once again, we are here in the Prem Lap, so it is our opportunity to tell our friends and listeners of the Slow Ride podcast about the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com. Find out about our family of shows. If you like what you hear, uh, click donate, become a member. We appreciate it. It's kind of like buying us a beer. Thank you so much. It helps us keep the lights on and keep these podcasts going, of which... Two things that I would like to give a special shout out. The first is this past week, I listened to Consummate Athlete and they had a great interview with a with Sarah Quakenbush, who is a hiker. I know, not cycling, but an endurance athlete who both Molly Hertford, the host, and Sarah had a pretty in-depth conversation about like hiking 
ridiculously hard trails and what to pack. And as someone who wants to become more of a camper and didn't mm. do Boy, Boy Scouts or anything like that and has a kid in the corner that, that may come with me, I kind of want to know what to pack and all of that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the interview and what was going on at the Consummate Athlete. And I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to listen this past week, but it's a great show. And every week, fantastic content from both Peter and Molly. Check it out. I love having them on the network. And it has been a great yeah. joy to uh, learn about things outside of the world of cycling. Absolutely. And, you know, like, it's a great show, uh, great content, great review there, Tim. Uh, one question for Little Guy. Um, buried in there, Little Guy, did you, uh, were you expecting a Tim uh, retirement announcement uh, today on the show? This is wild. Um, breaking news. Going to become a hiker. I did not expect that. He's been putting in big miles, but I guess, uh, you know, you got to transition at some point. What are you going to do? The, the, the Florida Trail is around the corner, and I'd love to, uh, you know, I learned a lot. Anyways, check it out. Um, and then also, little guy, we mentioned it earlier. You have done now two YouTube video reviews called Little Previews of Big Races, and they're on the Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel. We have set our own internal goal to get 1,000 subscribers to the YouTube channel. Head to youtube.com slash Podium. Subscribing helps us out a lot. Um, so yes, if you could do that, yes, subscribe. Too. We want to get to a thousand. We've already got over 150 in the last week. So join up and watch the two and a half minute preview that little guy threw down for Milano Torino, um, mm-hmm. this coming week. So once again, yeah. thank you for those that have subscribed Thanks. and, uh, Spencer, what else do we have in the pre-lap? As always, we are riding with Grimper Brothers, uh, coffee. Um, you can head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to check out the blends we have. This is a partnership we do with Grimper. Um, they provide us awesome coffee, uh, like a viewer mail blend and the Hello Cycle Cross Friends blend. And if you buy those coffee beans, it directly supports the Wide Angle Podium Network. And uh, that is just one easy way that uh, all of us can win uh, and enjoy, uh, 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 you know, making great content. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for walking us through that, Spencer. Um, and thanks again for all the support. Let's get back to the show and get to some of our listener emails. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, let's get into the mailbag. We got some great emails coming in. The first one comes to us from Patrick. Good morning, gentlemen. I have been listening to the pod for more than a year and appreciate all you're doing to provide a sense of normalcy in very abnormal times. I would request your advice on an issue. When you did the podcast on the greatest primal wear jerseys, which must have been exhausting due to the mental strain of deciding (laughs) between them all, It motivated me to explore the primal stuff for myself. And when my family was in quarantine because my teenage son contracted COVID and we are all trying to be responsible, I ordered the color color it yourself primal jersey on sale for 25 and a set of washable markers for my daughter to color. Okay. That's amazing. Like this so far. This is good. As you can see from the photo included. It is everything that you would have wished for in a primal jersey. There are 
ectoplasmic blobs, spitting cobras, soaring eagles, (laughs) a bat doing the Gene Simmons tongue, and even a frog doing yoga. It took several weeks to color, and I think my daughter knocked it out of the park with colors that could someday earn her a position at the Primal Design Studio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and Patrick, just hot tip, she doesn't need to go to Savannah College of Art and Design and pay like $85,000 a year for that. Just, Just this... This color jersey is more than enough in the portfolio to get that Primal Wear job. My question is how best to wear this piece of Primal art. The cycling community in Boulder can be quite judgy, and I want to convey my pride while not having people fear that I'm going to surge aggressively by w- while doing 30-second intervals on the bike path. Any advice, welcome. Okay. There is a lot here because the the photo is so golden. And the coloring job, by the way, absolutely dynamite. So hats off to um, Patrick's daughter. Uh, I hope that he lets her even listen to this garbage of a podcast to say that that is really well done. Um, I will. Do you want me to go first, guys? Yeah. It sounds like you're chomping at the bit. You're there. I don't think he can wear it. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't. I think this. I think he needs to frame it and put it above his. Uh, I put it as work. Put it above. Uh, um, it looks like, uh, judging by the email, that uh, Pat works at uh, at the university there in uh, Boulder. So, um, you know, Pat, put that up uh, above right. your uh, desk. I don't know if you have like athletes or students come in that are going to like be on double secret probation or something, but you could be like, you know, th- look at behind me. This is I'm a serious individual yeah it 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 definitely uh conveys authority you know like uh if if i walked into an office and i saw that on the wall i'd be like oh i need to pay attention here because this (laughs) is serious business but also you know a good time i would uh i think i think it's a frameable piece for sure but you gotta you gotta ride it Right, like you have to yeah. ride this. I know. Yeah. I'm with hey, that. Can you make? Can you have her do two? Right, because it can't be reproduced. But it's. Mm-mm. I I don't think you want it. it's washable markers, which is what scares me. So like, if you put this in the washer, does the like shit? Oh, go, yeah, honey, you're gonna have to color my jersey again. Um, it is just so well done that. I, where it, you know, I re- I read through this email and uh, I was like, oh yeah, Boulder. Mm. I don't know. This is going to be rough before I had looked at the picture because, you know, primal, you know, I kind of thought I knew what to expect with the primal Jersey and then you pop open the photo and, uh, all the preconceived notions are, are gone because it is totally goofball primal, but then the art is very well done. So it's like all of a sudden, you know, 360 twist on it. And, uh, this is a respectable truth. I don't think anybody will give you any guff, uh, even in Boulder, for for this thing. You know, I'm going to email Pat right now. I haven't checked, but I'm going to try to get permission to put this this piece of art on our Instagram so people can check it out. It yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Little guy, do you ride it and rock mm. it, or do you frame it and hang it? No, you definitely ride it and rock it. You can't, you can't keep a bird... That wants to sing muzzled up like this. Come on. <laughs> you can't keep a bird like this just caged up yeah, it's, on a it's wall. Um, I mean, it is. I'm, I'm looking behind you, Tim, and I could envision this. 
framed up on your wall, um, right there next to the uh, the the diploma you have and the uh, photo of your wife that's there. And, uh, you know, it would just, it would fit right in. It would look, it's classy and it would, it would, it would fit right know? next to my honorary degree from the university of Colorado at Boulder. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, I just, it, it is fantastic. I, I would say if you're going to ride it, not only do you go on the bike paths with it, you go to the whole foods in Boulder where all of the pro cyclists are and you hang out by the salad bar and you just like, hey, what's up? Because it's that good. <laughs> They're going to ask. Up. They're going to ask you about it. <laughs> it's it's incredible in, in the best ways. It's. Oh, I love it. There's so much. It's it's like a where's Waldo kind of situation, you know, where you're just like, I can't stop looking at him. I want to find more stuff. Um, This. <laughs> it's. Oh, well. I don't know how we missed this on the episode because this is the best jersey. This is- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Pat, thanks for uh, submitting that. Another email uh, follow up. This one comes from us from Fred's of the Pod. Jeff it says, "Hey guys, just what I needed. Your advice, as always, was spot on. A guy's got to have a code. The boys absolutely acknowledge the truth now that it is okay for me to be the LA LA guy as long as I say it three times. And by the way, we already have a very cool 2001 Subaru Outback. So um, (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) Jeff, thanks for the follow-up. Great to hear. Um, We we got another great email. Guys, this one, we got to put on our hats because this is an important one. And this one comes to us from Kristen and, uh, a Christian, sorry. Gentlemen, I could use your help. I had a cousin who recently succumbed to a COVID-related death. And our condolences out to you, yeah, uh, Christian. He was single, and his sister is just trying to clear out his stuff so he can so she can sell the house. He was an avid biker and traveler. I volunteered to sell his Brompton and donate the money to an elementary school he volunteered at frequently. And that is so wonderful to hear. Yeah. I have picked up the bike in the original box it came in, knowing nothing about Bromptons other than you all mentioning their loyal following and a co- occasional odd bike race. I emailed the bike shop to ask about the bike. The o- uh, owner kindly told me it's a 2013 MCXR M bar six speed with rack and fenders. She even included all of the invoices from the work he had done on the bike when he bought it. They have offered to sell the bike, taking a 35% cut. While it would be nice to be done with this project, I was thinking maybe you all could help me get more with your wise used bike selling skills. (laughs) Would you, what do you think I should go on the eBay route? The prices of Bromptons are all over the place on eBay, but most are in the UK. If I go the eBay way, do I try and tug at people's heartstrings or just play it simple? Good title name for the ad, perhaps? I've included some pictures of the bike, but obviously I would need one of it folded up. I just have to watch a YouTube video to figure it out first. Thanks for your mostly okay, but kind of good content. Stay safe and keep waving. So first off, again, condolences. Um, We are honored to tackle such an important thing for you. Um, And so here we are. Gentlemen, I have two thoughts on this. First off, I think the eBay route is definitely the way to go if you didn't want to put it up within the 
slow ride community. Cause I'm sure that there are some folks that would love to, uh, maybe take a look at the Brompton with all the, with the proceeds going to the local elementary school, which I think is even mm-hmm. more touching. And that's why you do need a bypass mm-hmm. going through the shop. So there's an opportunity to do that. I don't know how we would do that, but feel free to email us. That being said, if it's going on eBay, we are the experts you have been dreaming of asking. Spencer and little guy, what is the first step to selling this amazing, wonderful Brompton bicycle? Well, the first step is learning how to fold it up. Um, <laughs> she was spot on uh, about that aspect because uh, you're going to need a picture of it folded up uh, and you're going to need to practice a couple times um, to, you know, to, to figure it out because it, it's, it's not complicated, but there's a couple of steps and it's a little weird. And, um, but you know, you do it four five, six times, all of a sudden you're going to be a pro. You're going to whip it open. You're going to cruise down to the corner store, you know, pick up, uh, some, some film, I guess for your camera to take some photos of it, to <laughs> upload to YouTube or, uh, <laughs> eBay or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you're going to cruise back home. Uh, and the problem that you're going to run into is that by the time you get home, you're not going to want to sell that bike. Yeah, hundred percent. You're gonna. You're, it's too fun. It, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna check the account. and You're gonna say, well, how big of a donation do I need to make to this elementary school because this is my new bike? It, I, I am with. I I like where you're going with this, Spencer. Little guy, do you concur that that I if I came across a Brom, Brompton in such a situation? And knock on wood that this does not happen to to me, and in, in likewise circumstance. I would be inclined to keep this and to pass on the uh, contribution to the the school itself. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. As the recent purchaser of a much <laughs> crappier folding bike than the Brahms, I mean, worlds worse. Uh, uh-huh. Not even in the same league. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a different. No. It's a different kind of biking, and and it's really fun. And also, it's the kind of bike you ride, and everybody points or waves. Like now, you're, you're, yeah. you're just having fun. Just going down the street, you're going to get a couple waves from people that wouldn't have normally cared a biker was going down the street. Now, it's, it's Christian, fun. it's your cousin's bike. You, you can do whatever, whatever you want. I am with the boys here that he clearly knew about bikes, right? Like this is this, this thing is amazing. It looks great. You're going to absolutely love learning how to fold it. I will never forget when the Brompton national sales manager rolled into Swift Cycle, rest in peace, and Gainesville, Florida, and showed me how quickly it was to fold that thing down. Like he walked into the store, folded it down, and then was like, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm from Brompton. I'm here to talk to you about this amazing bike that I just folded down in about ten seconds in your store." Um, the pictures that you've included look great. So uh, it's got the foldable pedals. I mean, this is. Those are solid cool. gold. And then, as you said, there is the Brompton World Championships, which now you can go and attend because you've <laughs> got the requisite folding Brompton bike. And you can mm-hmm. hang out with the likes of, is it Roberto Harris, little guy that's the Brompton yeah, World it, Champion? <laughs> he, I think he got second. But yes, he did do it. <laughs> wow. Of course, little guy yeah. would actually know who, uh, who what the top uh, finishers were. So... I, if you're going to go the eBay route, clearly the rule of thumb for anything 
that the Slow Ride podcast sells is in the title, you put the word rare, right? Oh, this is a rare Brompton. You put the title on here. I, I would not put this up to auction. I would go OB. I would go, uh, you know, buy it now at a pretty high price because they are wanted here in the U.S. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not go with the uh, the heart. I don't think there's any need to go with the heartstrings beyond what you're comfortable in, because yeah. this is this is a top level bike that someone will want. Like it's it's that cool. But I would strongly encourage you to keep it. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree with that. Um, the bike shop uh, seems like they're doing you like a solid, you know, providing all the info and offering to sell it for you because it is a pain. But uh, 30, 30 something percent is is just too big of a hit. Um, and eBay will also take a pretty good chunk. Let us not forget. Um, uh, it's not quite that big, but uh, it's, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised when that eBay e- bill email comes. And uh, I mean, you- I would uh, I would suggest going um, the private marketplace route like the facebook marketplace or whatever uh, or your local I'm community sh- or something like this yeah. this, right. this is that good of a bike someone will want the, the slow ride uh, podcast official fan experience zone on facebook <laughs> is a good spot um a lot of high rollers in there definitely take this off your hands i am sure or send us the details on our instagram page uh we can help you put it on like it, it, it is good but i i would be great if you uh if you did keep it now Little guy. Yeah. And you put on the Instagram page your basement, which apparently has like 500 rims, and you just located a Dura six speed hub. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of wheels. I, a lot of wheels. I would say, for how crowded your basement is, yeah. A Brompton does fold down pretty small. You could definitely tuck that away in the corner <laughs> and then. Yeah forget about it for a few years so maybe you're uh, in the market for a brompton um i'm not i'm still i'm still trying to iron iron out the uh huge wrinkles in my dahan classic three and then maybe i'll move on to the so, brompton now you remember a few weeks ago we were talking about the uh folding bike and uh christian yeah. by the way uh thank you for your email um and we did get an email from it from uh nathan who says, good sirs. All right. I know racing has resumed, but what about that folder? You left us hanging, wondering. I've had an old anchor of a Raleigh 20 for years. Once did 100 kilometers on it of pure um, joy. Have plans to do some Everesting at one point, because why not? I even bought a Brompton a while back, but cannot part with the Raleigh, which sounds about as suicidal as a ride to ride as the Dahan that you have. <laughs> there are some great 16-inch performance tires available, as well as, t- as well as touring ones. So how about an update? The best thing about folders, though, is there is always room to bring one along on a vacation. Good for the parents who cycle. Hopefully, mm-hmm. see you guys at the Brompton World's foam party someday. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are now the folding podcast. It is absolute honor. So, little guy, yeah. what is the update on your folding bike? Uh, the update is it works kind of, uh, I did get some nice 16 inch tires. They're lovely. They're Schwalbe's. Uh-huh. Um, the headset is still very frightening. It's tight. It's loose. It's tight. It's loose. It's a little scary, but I've taken the bike on a few rides, um, around the neighborhood and I actually ran a couple errands on it. It's fun. Like I said, you get people 
it's 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 the opposite size of the folding bike or the cargo bike I have, but I get the same amount of just random waves, mm-hmm. just from people who you wouldn't expect who are just happy to see a goofball bike out on the road. Um, yeah, little guy, I have one quick uh, question that I'm wondering about this bike. Um, if you took it on a couple rides, when you got to your destination, did you lock the bike up outside or did you fold it up and bring it in with you? You know, the one place I rode it to, to on an errand, um, because of COVID times, it was one person in the store at a time and you could only walk in a couple feet into the store. So I just left the bike like an inch behind me as I walked in the store and I had no need to lock it. So I haven't actually had to do the whole fold down, take it somewhere jam yet on it, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately, because you do need to, uh, in my current setup, whack one of the parts a few times to make it open. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a folder, but um, it's, you know, it's, um, like I said, it still needs some work. It's a three-speed, only one-speed. So do you have a place to store the mallet on the bike? I know that Moots made this, like, custom mountain bike that, like, had a chainsaw holder. Oh, on the yeah, back, totally, so totally. so does your mountain yes. bu- does your folder bike have a place for a rubber mallet? It does. It has a little rear rack, an integrated little rear rack, and it even had a cool little integrated rear fender, but um, that was kind of snapped and held together with tape when I got it. So I just took it off. It was kind of so on not, the way out. Not uh, not wholly unlike the seventy um, seven Mercedes diesel that you had. A um, <laughs> little bit held together with tape. Sometimes need a couple extra wax to get it. Get it going, and, yeah, and a part yeah. of the the manifold is still uh, sitting on the the front steps of my parents' house. I wish yeah. it was still in your parents' house. That'd be hilarious. Um, yeah. So no, another question. I, I I know I hate to interrupt, but this is important. Um, this is an older bike, I know. So I'm. Well, how was the folding technology? Do you think if you folded this thing up, it would fit in the trunk of a Mercedes diesel? Oh yeah. Um, okay. Oh, 100%. It folds down pretty nice and small. I'll tell you, it folds pretty small because I don't have a 240 anymore. You know, and now I have a, a 300, a newer 300. Oh. But I did have to transport my mom's Terry that I finally got a Terry, a mid-80s Terry. So a 700 rear 24 front built for my mom. And I had to transport uh-huh. that the other day. And that fit in the trunk um, with only one <laughs> wheel off and some <laughs> finagling. All so. Right. Um, you, it's quite a yes, trunk. you can definitely, it's a big trunk, but, um, <laughs> on the note of the Terry, um, mm-hmm. I, so I currently have that 16 inch bike and I have like a 20 inch and, and I have 650 or 26 inch mountain bikes and normal 700. I have a lot of wheel sizes in my life. I have 12 inch wheels on little Tom Boonin's bike and I had to get uh-huh. a 24 inch front tire for the Terry. And I foolishly yep. thought there would only be one 24 inch size but it turns out there's 24 inch tires and then there's 24 inch tires there's like ones that are for rims that are 520 and ones that are rim 540 so i bought a tire and a tube and got it home and it was like two inches too big for my rim well and then unfortunately what i learned after that was that i had to go buy a tire like a high like a high air quotes, high performance racy tire because it was the Terry and it was like a road bike. So the only tire I could find locally 
was rather than like the twelve dollar tire I was going to throw on my mom's bike, she's going to ride it like seven times. So, was a sixty dollar uh, Schwalbe. Here's it was a bummer. Is I kind of think you bought the wrong tire on purpose. The first time. Uh, do you think I like to waste? $12 on a tire that's still in my garage? No, but I think you liked going into the bike shop to talk about the, the tire that you needed to buy that was an awkward size. <laughs> I think that I've been I, around the bike game long enough as a Spencer and, and little guy you, yourself, but you haven't been on the retail side like, like we have. Oh, I wish. I do think that, uh, you know, you you probably really enjoy it to go in there to just share some yeah. stories about like, oh, oh man, do you think this would work? Go. Oh, and then you brought it back, you kicked the tires a little bit more, and you had another story to share. I mean, you are like, all right, I'll take this one. You guys don't know how badly I want to just browse around a bike shop, just dig through the used bins, talk about weird build ideas with somebody, ask them weird questions about rim sizes. I want to, but no, that is not a thing that is currently very possible. Uh, the bike shops I frequent have don't let you in or let one person in or don't let you go dig through the bins. It's heartbreaking. I want to dig, I want to find a new front derailleur for no other reason than I just want to go find a new front derailleur. I want to dig through the bin and be like, $5 for a super record front derailleur? These people are idiots. And then I get it home and I realize one of the screws is broken. Come, I want to do that so, so bad. It's breaking my heart. I think this gets to the next point. Spencer, we have not been in Little Guy's basement in some time. We did no. get this glimpse on his Instagram of I don't even know what is on the, the, the ping pong table. I'm assuming there's a lot of hubs, random spokes that might be able to be re uh, you know. I can re-drilled. tell you what's on the ping pong table, but go, so, go on, go on, go on. Spencer, yeah. what would you like? And this is one of the comments that was on the Instagram page. Uh-huh. How many tables, reasonably, do you think Little Guy could buy at the Twin Cities Bike Swap uh, okay. the next time around to so, sell? Like reasonably, like, a, and we would have to help him man the tables. Are you this saying this is a great s- question? Sellable stuff this, or just stuff? Little Guy, I, this stuff, is kind just, of an intervention, like a good intervention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is time that that we go to the bike swap. We're gonna help you. Yep. Lighten the load. So here's the thing: it's a eight foot. Uh, I don't know what that is. Three meter table, um, that they rent you at the, at the bike swap, um, for 10 bucks, that you can fill up the bike jumble. It's more than uh, that. that. You can yeah. fill up with all your junk. So little guy, don't worry. You thing. can get a deal for multiple tables. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They're going to cut him a, a deal. Here's the thing. My insider knowledge, uh, of little guy's basement tells me a lot because this photo <laughs> I know is one deep, dark corner. It might be the deepest, darkest, furthest back corner of that basement, but it is nowhere near the whole basement. Oh yeah. I didn't um, even show you the, I didn't even show you the parts bins or the bikes, just yeah. the bikes. The bikes no, no. are on the other side. Yeah. The angle from which this photo is taken, the, the, the bulk of things is behind the photographer. So if you looked at that and thought three tables worth, you better triple that number because I'm I'm thinking eight nine so, tables worth of stuff. So no, I guess this no. then leads to we need to rent a U-Haul. Um, so there's nah, your box nah, truck nah. to get the uh, KOMs, and I then KOMs uh, up there. Yeah. Do you? I mean, little guy might need a wing of the swap himself. Like like on the flyer, it will be like 
the little guy collection is fine. <laughs> like, you know how they do this with auctions where it was like, yeah. oh, you know, the, the collection of Elon Musk is for sale or whatever. So the little guy wing is over there. Um, I just, I mean, look, well, you, you keep what you need to. We, we will no, help you run a swap. I, I think you can make some money. No, that's not even true. It's all garbage. But here's the thing. It is I mean, all you guys, I, you, I can verify. Pe- people, you knock the amount of stuff. But like, I had to build a bike up for my mom, right? And and I needed a bar and stem. I needed some brake levers. Um, I I had all that stuff. I had Except a saddle. The I had. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's true. I didn't have all the time. I didn't have a 24-inch tire, but I had the rear tire for her and a tube. The only thing I had to buy was uh, some cables and a f- and grips and a front tire because it's a weirdo size. Otherwise, I just had everything in my basement. I just I just dug around and I was like, all right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Boom, bike. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the benefit. It's, it's very admirable. I'm a bicycle prepper. That's what I am. Okay, I'm a <laughs> so, bicycle prepper. <laughs> all right. I just, you know, we're here for you, little guy. If, no, no, no. If you need, I am the the world champion of bike swaps. I can help you clear out that table, and we can have more than enough money to go uh, get some tofu burgers somewhere. I know. That's true. I, I appreciate it. On a side note, I was thinking as I dug around in there, I have a lot of unglued tubulars from Cross last year. There's obviously no Cross in my future this year. Uh, the form's not mm-hmm. there, and the virus is, the, is there. Should I just use this year... Glue and tubulars, prep and bikes, and so I show up next year. I'm not going to show up with good legs, but I'm going to show up with all my stuff dialed for the first time ever. If I just actually approach this fall as cyclocross prep, because I've got it all is. the stuff, I just never ever find the time to like get all my four pairs of wheels glued up at the same time. I'm always like chasing so around flatted tubulars. Yeah. This is a great point, little guy, because. This could be, uh, I mean, next season could be the first time you show up to your first cross race without like thinking, eh, glue's still a little damp. <laughs> yeah. Gla- so, either damp or, or this glue is from what? 2013? Hmm. I'll take those corners gingerly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I could actually, I, I just think it used this whole year just to prep, you know, to get the bikes just- ready. I'm just thinking that all of your tires now are going to be aged in a nice Belgian basement where it's oh, prepared yeah. for Paris Roubaix at a level yeah, that yeah, yeah. hasn't been seen in some time. Oh, I know. This is professional. That's the thing about having a bunch of tires is you can just say you're aging them. It's perfect. That's right. Well, gentlemen, it has been another fantastic hour of the Slow Ride podcast. I would like to thank you guys for joining me along the ride also like to thank the members and the supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about our family of shows and to support the network if you can. We'd also like to encourage you to head to YouTube.com slash WideAnglePodium to subscribe to the Wide Angle Podium channel where the little guy and others on the network are putting up some great video content, including little guy's amazing race previews. And I would like to thank our good friends at Grimper Brothers for their continued support of the podcast with their two exclusive Wide Angle Podium blends. Head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more. And shout out to BK1 of Rhymestars Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt digging out of his basement in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, bringing the heat 
and reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. As you know, materials in cyclocross are very important. What do you think, Mr. Svennis? It's uh, very important to have the good material when it's frozen, when it's dry, when it's summer, when it's, uh, when it's wet. Uh, the tires are very important. It's all about technique. It's all about uh, the good material. So we brought the Bike Shop show back with a cyclocross focus. Same great format, new name, Bike Shop CX. Give it a listen. I think you'll dig it. Each week, Mr. David Palin and I talk about things that go on at our bike shop. We talk about things that go on in the pro cyclocross pit at all the big races around the country. Sometimes we have industry-leading guests on the show. Sometimes it's just the two of us yapping. If you're at all interested in cyclocross, I think you'll like it. The bike shop is open.